0: I think to all the women out there who are listening, to just be themselves for the longest time in this male-dominated industry, I thought it was really important to fit in, to try to be one of the guys. And eventually I learned that it didn't matter. So when I embraced myself, my gender, understood that I have some great qualities of a woman to contribute to this workforce, things got better for me. I'm not going anywhere. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwarks Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today. To the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson.
1: Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon at the Capital Girls City Center with Alison Yes. founder of Women Offshore. So before we get into it, I wanted to please ask everyone to support the show by taking just a couple of minutes out of your time and leave a review for me in iTunes. That'd be very helpful. So Allie, let's discuss how you got started in the industry.
0: Thank you. So I went to the United States Merchant Marine Academy. It's on Long Island in a town called Kings Point. Okay. So it is a military college, and (laughs) I didn't not
1: not much partying, huh?
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) not (laughs) at all. But it is a very unique education. It's one of the federal service academies. I was able to travel the world while I was there. I got on a cargo, or sorry, a car carrier and we literally went around the world that's
1: so awesome
0: yeah that's when i was a sophomore i think i was 19 and it was quite the adventure so did that and made my way into the cruise ship industry my first year out of school enjoyed it i went to antarctica even
1: wow yeah talk about cold
0: yes very cold and so What I wanted to do with my career was be on a dynamic positioning ship.
1: And for those that don't know what that is, can you explain?
0: So dynamic positioning is a system that runs a vessel's propulsion to be able to stay on one location, or you can move the ship around, you can follow, say, an ROV underwater. And drill ships, which is what I work on now, dynamic positioning allows us to stay in one spot while we drill over wells. So... Uh, When I got done with cruise ships, I decided to try to find a trainee position on a dynamic positioning vessel, Mm -hmm. learn how to run the DP system, and I ended up on uh, dive support, and that was a lot of fun. I did uh, dynamic positioning on the dive support vessel for about three and a half years, and then after that, I made my way over to drill ships, and I've been on drill ships for the past five years. I did some time in South Korea working on a brand new drill ship. And it
1: that, makes it sound like you've been in jail. I know. When you say it that way.
0: <laughs> Didn't mean to say it that way. Uh, yeah. It happens. But yeah, I worked on a drill ship being built in South Korea, and that was fantastic because I got to see the ship from literally the the ground up into becoming a drill ship to go drill in the Gulf of Mexico. We brought her over earlier this year. And we've been drilling since. So Oh
1: wow. So 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 deep water gum.
0: Yeah, ultra deep water. She's the seventh generation. She is the newest technology.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right. So
1: let's get into uh, what you're doing right now with women offshore and your goals there.
0: Yes. So as you can imagine, there are not a lot of women in offshore energy.
1: As far as I, I am aware, there's a lot more than there used to be.
0: Yes. Women only make up about three and a half percent. And that's just offshore. Right. Offshore. So what that looks like is go out to a rig, be maybe 150 men. And I may be the only woman. There might be a couple others. But normally it, 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 there's not many at all. So I want to do something about that. I'm tired of being the only woman or one of the only women out there. and I started womenoffshore.org dot org to support women in the industry and to be the place that I always needed in my career. And hopefully, through sharing our own stories, we'll be able to recruit women to come into the industry.
1: Now, as as a woman, I'm incredibly passionate about projects like this. And being third generation oil and gas, you know, and both my my dad and my grandfather were in the industry are in the industry, and. So kind of let's go through some of the issues women have that pertain to being in this industry and specific to offshore.
0: Yeah. So sometimes it's literally the right to work, even though legally we're allowed to work. Some men don't want women around. I've heard from some men that they're not going to have women on their ship. Mm. So we have to deal with that. And. Even though their company probably thinks otherwise, (laughs) that's still what you have to face when you go out there. Sexism is a spectrum. So what that means is there's benevolent sexism, meaning Mm -hmm. that the guy might think that he's doing nothing wrong, that he's just trying to help out. He's opening up every door for you as you walk down the passageway, carrying your tools. But what that translates into is people see that you're not doing the work. You're not getting your hands on the systems. you're not actually the one operating. Gotcha. When the guy's doing everything and that can be a problem when you want maybe a promotion or you want more responsibility when you're or just s-
1: seen as an equal.
0: Right, seen as an equal even. And then of course, you go it goes on to other types of sexism where it's more blatant and it, it's tough because there's no HR down the hall. Yeah, And speaking up for yourself when you are the only woman afraid that maybe you won't be heard or you'd like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, too. So is it really just in your head? I mean, question that a lot as well. Should I speak up or am I
1: overthinking it? Am I overdoing it? Yeah, Yeah, I can definitely see that. And
0: I don't want to come across as a victim either. Right. So I want to hold my own. I want to do the job and I want to get home. Right. But. You face your own demons, your own thoughts on what are they thinking and what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, lot to juggle when you're just trying to do your work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and then and you don't want to have to worry about all those other things because then that doesn't allow you to do your job. And only focus on your job.
0: Right, exactly. It's
1: a distraction.
0: It is a distraction. So let me
1: ask you this, and and this is just based off of, like I said, my own experience in the industry. I have noticed that there are different, I guess, rules, uh, HR rules, code of ethics, uh, different benefits of people that work in the office versus people in the field.
0: Yeah, that's something at Women Offshore, we have questions Mm -hmm. The idea of having maternity leave is not known really in the fleet. Mm -hmm. Right now, we have a survey on the site where women are letting us know if they have the benefits offshore. They believe that, well, some of what I've read is that the benefits are not there or they just don't know about it. Right. And so to know that women onshore have maternity leave, but a woman who wants to work on a ship doesn't is a little unfair and there are a lot of people who believe, well, a woman who wants to have a child, she won't go to work offshore again. But that's not true at all. There are plenty of women that want to have a seagoing career and a family. Yeah. And there are a lot of husbands who will support their wives to do that. And so I think it's important that women have the option to choose, that they don't have to give up this career that they've worked so hard on just because they want to have a family, right? they can balance it. It takes a support system. It's not easy by any means. I have friends who are doing this exact thing, but they're doing it. And other women should know that they have the option. They don't have to quit.
1: Okay, right on. So besides being a support system and kind of surveying what's going on with women out in the field, what, what are some other goals that for you as the founder of Women Offshore?
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to build it into the organization that I always wish was there. Mm -hmm. So we're having an event, which I'm really excited about. That will be at the end of July here in Houston. And I've also added a podcast recently called the Women Offshore Podcast. So just trying to connect women. Coming up, we will have a mentorship program where women with experience can help out women who are just emerging into the industry or maybe they're at a maritime academy or university. So there's many different directions that we're headed, but Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for everything that's on the horizon.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'll make sure to put all that information about the event coming up. Is that still open for uh, sponsorship or even uh, for people to attend?
0: Yes. So we are going to have a network dinner. Uh It's just for networking. Uh, People are welcome to come, men and women. That will be at Caracol July 27th. Still looking to bring on some sponsorship to help pay for the dinner. And we'll have about 40 women there from all over the industry, all over the world. Even we have a woman coming from Australia, Netherlands, Philippines, Singapore, Canada. So I'm really excited. There's a few women who are trying to get visas and I don't think it's going to work out, which breaks my heart. But but there's always next time, right? Yeah. One's from Angola and the other one's from Pakistan. So just the fact that they want to be here. That's it,
1: pretty awesome. Yes,
0: it's very awesome. And
1: and and for everybody listening, uh, I'll be there. And I think Mark LaCour is also going to be attending. Definitely check it out. If you can make it, that'd be fantastic. And we'd love to see you out there. So if you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be?
0: I think to all the women out there who are listening, to just be themselves for the longest time in this male-dominated industry, I thought it was really important to fit in, to try to be one of the guys. And eventually I learned that it didn't matter. So when I embraced myself, my gender, understood that I have some great qualities of a woman to contribute to this workforce, things got better for me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to work. And when I took on that mindset, everything changed. So if you're listening to this and you think that you need to be more, you know, be similar to the guys, just be yourself because that's what matters.
1: Now, what advice would you give the men?
0: To the men, especially the ones who are supervising women, I want you to sit down with them and see what they want in their careers. A lot of women will not ask for that because they're trying to fit in. And often being assertive as a woman and telling someone what you want doesn't get you anywhere. So you can help out the women you're supervising and the women in your community by seeing where they want to go and how you can help them get there.
1: Very good. Very good. What would, would you say is the book that influenced you the most?
0: I think the most influential book I've ever read is Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. Mm. So, yeah, this is probably not something your listeners read. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, some of them maybe. I maybe. don't know. So, what I learned in this book is that feminism is not a dirty word. That we can embrace feminism and that it's okay to be a bad feminist. So,
1: there's a couple, couple few I've seen out there, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, if you like rap music, you like to wear pink, you like to be girly, that's okay. You can still be a woman and embrace feminism for its equal opportunity. And I love that part about the book. And it it really influenced me to accept myself for who I am and still be a champion for gender diversity.
1: That's awesome. Very good. Very good. Uh, What's your most used business tool?
0: Probably your website, I would say. I love blogging and getting these stories out there some of the stories we have on our website just amaze me i remember one of the first blog posts i wrote was about a gal who had experienced pirates coming on board her boat wow yeah, yeah she was in malaysia and i mean it's just it's an amazing story the pirates came on board they stole a bunch of stuff and her and her crew had been preparing for stuff like this so they had a drill sequence they went through and they're able to protect themselves. But I mean, it was a neat story to be able to showcase that to our audience.
1: And so this is something I ask, all these questions are really something I ask all my guests, but I mean, I don't necessarily know if this is quite applicable, but who would you say is your most respected competitor?
0: There are quite a few women's organizations out there right now. Nothing specifically for women who work just on the water. Uh, WISTA, which is the Women in Shipping and Trading Association, they're like our our big sisters. They're the women who maybe they have experience on the water, but they've since gone to the office. They've been very influential. There's another blog called seasisters.org, and they are our sea Sisters. They're coming to our event at the end of this month. So, oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. I get to meet them. Yay. Yeah. What would you say is your most important lesson learned?
0: I think my most important lesson learned is to not try to take on everything myself, but to utilize my team, surround myself with really good people who support my mission and do what I can to support them as they support me. And we can really grow and go head to head on important issues. As long as it's for supporting women offshore, then... We'll go all night talking about things. And I love having a team around me who brings so much to the table. So, in the beginning, I was really trying to do this by myself. And then a few people asked to join, and I ended up reaching out to some others. And and that was great. So, that was a good lesson learned that it can be so much bigger and better as a community than just as one person behind a computer.
1: Which is funny because my next question is actually, what is your most important lesson learned? You kind of kind of beat me to it. Yeah. (laughs) Touche.
0: But is that your most important lesson learned? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially in the last year creating this is to take the breaks, ask people for their help and keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. There's there's no shame in asking for help. Right. I've I've actually had to learn that one the hard way as a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) So I, I completely identify with majority of what you said there. So what's your favorite podcast?
0: Well, yours, of course. Oh,
1: no. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: Yes. No, I love listening to you. And uh, I think you asked some great questions. Thank you. I love to listen to Hidden Brain. I think that's a great one, as well as Invisibilia. Ooh. Yeah, both of those are incredible because they talk about the things in life that are not tangible. So things that affect us as human beings that are hard to explain. I enjoy both Hidden Brain and Invisibilia. That's
1: really my thing. Yeah. I really like stuff like that, stuff that's difficult to explain and understand. And once you have that translator there, that good storyteller. Right. That's that's awesome. Exactly. I'm going to have to look into that for sure. Yeah. i to have to add that to my list. <laughs> well, uh, so because I want our listeners to be well-dressed and most importantly safe, uh, be sure to go to www.bork.com forward slash podcast to win a bulwark of our shirt and base layer. No purchase necessary to win. See official rules for details. And of course, uh, you already talked about, we have events on deck and yeah, definitely the end of July, you said July 27th here in Houston. And I'll make sure to, uh, Julie puts that in the show notes, but thank you so much. I know you have to go, you have a bunch of stuff going on to get ready for this event this month and uh, or next month rather, but wow, well goodness, we're so close to July, you know, If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about Women Offshore, how can they go about doing that?
0: Yeah, so on the website, womenoffshore.org, or you can send me an email, hello at womenoffshore.org.
1: Perfect. All right. So that concludes this episode. Just remember, it's up to you to open the next door.
0: Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwarks Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.